I want to talk about prayer and prison. My perspectives come from the teachings of Jesus, and my relationship with residents of our prisons and jails made through my profession as a criminal defense attorney and through some participation in prison ministry. Jesus leaves no doubt of his love and concern for those in prison. He said, I was in prison and you came to me. That was in Matthew 25, 36. So Christians have no options. We must have love and concern for those incarcerated. That love and concern must be expressed in person, if possible. But coming to see folks in prison is often difficult, sometimes impossible. Pandemics or even smaller outbreaks of disease, unrest among the prison population, shortage of prison staff, rules of the correctional facilities, and many other obstacles sometimes make face-to-face visits difficult or impossible. But I've learned my most profound lessons and seen the most powerful examples of the power of Holy Spirit while inside prison walls or outside the prison walls, praying with residents, praying for the residents, or quite often being prayed for by the residents. Sometimes all we can do is pray. Now, normally we express that sentiment when there are no other options. And that is sometimes the case when it comes to prayer and prisons. Those are the times I am most reminded of the power of prayer that is always available to me, the power of the Holy Spirit that will blow where it will, and my arrogance in believing that I'm a Savior on a mission rather than a brother loving a brother, both of us children of God, both in need of grace. I rarely share specific examples of the works of the Holy Spirit resulting from prayer for and with the residents of prisons and jails. Those experiences seem too personal and intimate. There's a danger of self-glorification instead of God-glorification. And truth be told, I guess there's a fear of some folks thinking I'm just a little crazy. But there have been moments inside prisons when I felt like I was in over my head, dealing with things eternal that I'm just not trained for. I remember a fellow who, during a retreat weekend, tapped me on the shoulder and said he didn't see how God could or would do anything for him. He said the things he had done were too horrible. But he also said he would like to try God out. Now, I was just a hack guitar player sitting in as a clergy that weekend during table discussions. This was a little beyond my abilities to make people sing or change keys on the fly. So I prayed that this guy could find someone else for him to talk with. But there was no one. We moved away from everyone else and sat closely, face to face, in a couple of old folding chairs that screeched as we scooted them closer together. We were face to face. I never prayed so hard. And truth be told, that prayer was pretty selfish, looking back. I don't know what to say, what to do, Lord. Don't let me mess this up. I looked up into the man's face. I'd never seen a colder face. His eyes were like steel, and they were like drills piercing my heart. Sometimes all you can do is pray. So we did. I don't remember the words, 
I had so very, very little to do with it. But the Holy Spirit wrapped us up like we were in a tight blanket. And I watched as sheets of hardened armor, just like steel, dropped off my brother and fell to the floor. I looked up to his face. His eyes were softened and filled with tears. He smiled. He was never the same. Neither was I. Because we prayed, both of us, together, out of weakness, need, desperation. Because Jesus said, come to him. It was hard for us. So Jesus came. One more story. A couple years ago, I was going through a pretty rough time. I wasn't feeling great. And I had a lot of very pressing things to get done. I let fear and anxiety get hold of me. I knew better intellectually in my head, but it wasn't getting to my heart. I pray out loud when I'm at home because I live alone. It doesn't bother anybody, and it just works better for me. And so that night, I asked God to forgive me for my crippling worry that I knew better, that I'd read the Bible, that I knew Jesus said, consider the lilies of the field and look out your window and consider the birds of the air. I finished that prayer late at night. Nothing changed. The next morning, I had to go to the jail to talk with a client. That was one of those serious things I was worrying about. It was an extremely serious case. We were preparing for trial. We'd spent a whole lot of time together. I'd gotten a, a settlement offer the day before. I'd given it to him. And that time, he did not seem to be too excited. He didn't say anything. When we sat down to talk the morning after my prayer, the night before, he said, you're a Christian, aren't you? I was a little surprised, considering my recent attitude. I told him I was. I just wasn't sure how he knew it. He said, well, I can't say I am, but I was desperate night before last, and all I could do was pray. I didn't know what I was doing, but it was all that was left to do. I asked God for something specific about this deal, and then yesterday, you set that deal down, and it was pretty much what I prayed for. Like I said, can't say I'm a Christian, but I went to church a little with my grandmother when I was a kid. And one of the only things I remember was the preacher reading what Jesus said in the Bible about taking care of us if we let him. He said to look at the birds. If I take care of them, can't you believe I'll take care of you? He said this as he was directly looking into my eyes. <laughs> After I dried my eyes, and he dried his. We talked about prayer some more, and I told him about my prayer. We both decided, after we talked a while, we would pray more, trust God, and worry less. I admit prayer is a mystery to me. I do it because even Jesus prayed, because I've seen it make a difference, even though I don't understand it. Jesus was and is concerned for those in prison, and we must be too. 
we should pray because of the horrible conditions that are present there. And we should pray to give us the strength and wisdom to make those things better. We should pray for the tragic situations and events that led those incarcerated to be there. But I've learned through the years, and I've been helped through the years by this, there is a huge body of believers in our institutions praying for each other and for those of us on the street. It's so humbling. They are the church, the body of Christ, as much as any of us, no matter where we are, where we live, or what we've done. Like the song says, we are one in the Spirit. We are one in the Lord. So, if you get the chance, go to Jesus in prison. But if you can't, then pray for those who reside there, just as you would your brothers and sisters anywhere. And know that many of them are already praying for you. Join me in this prayer. Lord, give us the will and strength to come to you as you have directed, no matter where you are. Forgive us when we neglect you. We pray for those who reside in our prisons and in our jails. Help us to be instruments of grace and peace to them. We pray that when we cannot come, we show our love and support in any way you provide and that you surround and infuse the prisons and jails and those who live and work there with your Holy Spirit. Be with them, watch over them, keep them healthy and safe. We thank you for the body of Christ within those walls and ask your blessings on them. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.